Welcome to another edition of Making Money. The financial coach, Ron Hebert, is standing by. Retired portfolio manager, I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. We like to do a show on financial literacy. And this one, Ron, is, I think, very timely because I think a lot of us are kind of illiterate about 5G technology. We hear so much about it. It's the new generation. What? Where do we start here? Well, I think that we should talk about number one, what the name means. 5G is simply uh, the fifth generation of cellular networks. And as technology gets better, they keep rolling out new iterations of this. And each one gets faster, has more bandwidth. And 5G is up to 100 times faster than 4G. And so 5G is creating opportunities through the faster connectivity speeds and greater bandwidth. And so we're finally going to see many of the futuristic things that telephone and uh, the Internet was supposed to be able to deliver years ago, such as uh, electronic health, connected vehicles, you know, where you see in these sci-fi shows where all these vehicles are moving uh, down the road and nobody's operating them, they're machine-operated, and they're all talking to one another, they're going in, in different directions, and, you know, traffic systems, virtual reality, and, you know, mobile gaming. You know, the gaming, you never used to be able to watch videos and play really enhanced, enriched games on a mobile phone because there just wasn't enough bandwidth. Well, with the rollout of 5G, it's going to be such a bigger data pipe that we're going to be able to do much, much more than we ever been able to do in the past. So that's what it makes it so exciting. And I know that I'll just add on to that, uh, you know, shopping for appliances, your, your refrigerator and your stove and your washer and dryer are going to talk to you, <laughs> basically, right? Yeah. Now, for, for me, you know, I'm a bit old school, so I don't, I don't need to operate all those things from my cell phone. I know what you know, I need when I open my fridge. <laughs> I look, yeah, I don't yeah, need my fridge telling me, you know, you need milk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 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 um, you know, I'm I'm not sure that I need to be able to operate my oven uh, before I get home. I don't like operating any heat related appliances while I'm gone in case it burns down my house. Yeah, exactly. I like to be around when some of that stuff is operating. So, you know, the remote operation, you know, it'll certainly help businesses or, you know, if you've got a, a pipeline way up north and you have pumps and regulators to it, you can operate those by satellite instead of having someone there. So uh, there's huge significance to this stuff. How much of this stuff is really meaningful on a day-to-day -day basis for the average consumer? I'm not sure. I think most of it's just, you know, a, a, a fad, but we'll see. So, it, we and there's been so much talk about the rollout of this, and especially here in Canada, we've heard the, the name Huawei as an example. It's been in the news. They're a leader in 5G technology. There's people who are concerned about that. So is that part of this equation, too? That is definitely part of this equation. I mean, the 5G rollout is huge. Uh, Ericsson, which is one of the big players in switching equipment for it, says there's going to be about 4.4 billion 5G subscribers by the end of 2027. So it's just starting to roll out on a global basis now, and over the next five years, uh, we'll see its adoption by an awful lot of people who have cell phones. But there are risks, and like you say, Huawei 
is part of that tug of war because people are concerned about espionage. This is because becoming a political battle because everyone is scared that foreign companies could pass on huge amounts of data to their parents and often hostile governments. And so, you know, in the West, we're concerned about Huawei, but in the East and behind the, the bamboo curtain, they're concerned about Western companies doing the same thing, turning data over. And when you think that it's only communist or countries or dictatorships that do that kind of stuff, remember just a couple of months ago, the furor that came about when we found that uh, certain departments were tracking cell phones and trying to figure out where people were going to uh, during the COVID crisis. And of course, there was a big furor over that of, of data that was not authorized being used by a government agency. And so espionage is a big thing. And that could be one of the things that, that puts a crimp on the 5G rollout, or there'll be some new legislation come out that controls it. Because uh, frankly, there's a lot of data that's passed on and with more data than ever being passed on, certainly espionage has become a big fear. And then the tie to that, Ron, is privacy, right? Like you're on your phone and maybe you're sending an email to a friend and, and you say something that's in some circles considered untasteful or disrespectful or illegal. And somebody says, well, look what this guy's doing, right? So your privacy curtain gets taken away, basically. And... You know, you made a point with all these extra sensors. You know, they can tell when your fridge gets open. They can tell when your fridge gets closed. They can tell how many times you use your dishwasher. Uh, they can tell you where you go, especially in electric cars that have so many um, computer chips in them. I mean, the average car now has between 500 and 1,000 chips in it. There's just so much data that's being recorded about everything in your life. And with more and more sensors being added to everything, I mean, we've, we've had stories in the past where some of these um, talking robots or whatever they call them, like Alexa, where you can ask, you can ask that cone a question and it'll, it'll, it'll dig up information for you. But it reco it's recording all that, even when it's off. Um, you know, Amazon has, has said that, you know, it, it, does, it can listen. And it has listened. So people are very, very concerned about how much privacy they actually are going to give up if 5G rolls out. And they want some control over that. And if they get control, uh, that will certainly slow down the rollout of, of 5G. So there's another risk. And if people think this is all malarkey, I mean, we can. I think anecdotally we can all relate to sitting around having a conversation with your family. And, and my son, one of my sons and I talk all the time about sports and technology and things like that. Bingo, you open your phone the next time, and there's a, there's a suggestion about what you've been talking about. So you know the phone is listening all the time. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and uh, that, to me, that's, that's disturbing. I, I have to frankly say I'm uncomfortable with that. So I find myself turning my phone off a lot these days. <laughs> me, uh, me as well. You know, it's interesting. I've got four kids that are millennials and I talk to them about this and one of them is concerned about it. The other three, uh, they so really, much. yeah, 
Not so much, you know. Privacy's not a big deal to these guys. And I guess it's not a big deal until it is a big deal. And, and certainly I think that there's going to be a lot of abuse of, of all this data. And, yeah, people will become more concerned. And it'll, it'll bring about a crisis, and then we'll finally act on it. Health is another one. You, you mentioned that they're going to be, you know, e-health. Well, you know, I think that there's nothing more private than your health status. Like if you have some sort of a, you know, a disability or a disorder that you're taking medication for, it's nobody's business. You don't have to share that with everybody, but yet it'll be shared with these networks, right? Well, I had um, a health organization that had data on me. And I got a notice here about three months ago how their system was hacked and all my health data was taken. So this is more than just, you know, two retired guys on a podcast uh, thinking about uh, what could or should or might happen. This is stuff that is happening today. And there's there's risk that your data is going to be taken away. And it's certainly... Uh, we've seen it in the past. And, of course, you know, the, the, when you're talking about health court, 5G requires high-frequency antennas that are densely interspersed. And this has raised some serious questions as to the long-term health effects of those exposed. So there's ongoing tests all the time on this. Um, you know, you'd fully expect that uh, companies that are rolling this stuff out are going to say, well, we don't... Uh, expect any long-term health effects from this but you know we'll see and that's just another risk that you need to keep your eye on if you're going to invest in the sector the other safety airlines question whether 5g will affect flight instruments i know they're rapidly experimenting with 5g to make to see how they affect their flight instruments and then putting in new technology that will prevent 5g from doing it but it's still a risk and then finally we've got infrastructure vulnerability you know, what happens if hackers take down systems? And as we become more and more and more and more dependent on all this stuff, could they take down our banking system? Well, you know, if you look at some of the reports from U.S. intelligence, they're saying, yeah, we're vulnerable. They could take down electrical systems. They could take down banking systems. And what happens? We're so dependent on this stuff. If in the winter the lights go out and you have no access to your bank account. I mean, uh, this could be serious stuff. I think we should point out too that this show was a, a suggestion from one of our one of our fans of of the podcast, Making Money. He he asked that specific question about five G, but particularly about the safety aspect. Is I think the way that he he phrased the suggestion, like, what about this stuff with air traffic controllers? That's a big concern. A lot of people like to fly, right? <laughs> yeah, you know. And so there's uh, there's some big issues with this, and how will five G affect the if we, if we start having automated cars uh, or automated taxis or automated delivery, how safe is that when you've got high-intensity uh, radio waves around? Well, uh, they're going to have to find ways around this for sure. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be one of the old analog drivers, if you will, <laughs> out there on the road and one of these automated beasts comes along. There's a blip in the system. The sink squares into your lane. You have no control over that, right? So it's no, absolutely. It, yeah. So what about how do we play this? If we want to think about this from an investment standpoint, if we say, okay, let's put all that stuff aside. This is the future. How do we get into this game? Well, there's a lot of different ways to play 5G technology and infrastructure, and uh, I'm just going to mention a few of them today. 
first of all, you can apply it by owning some of the manufacturers that make chips specifically uh, for 5G technology. Qualcomm makes chips specifically for cell phones, mobile phones. And their symbol is QCOM. Uh, they trade in the U.S. And they're, you know, when you look at all the new phones that are going to be rolling out over the next few years, as people take their old 3G and 4G phones and roll them up to the new 5G phones, which are going to be the standard over the next few years, the amount of chips that are going to have to be produced and chips not only for phones, but for refrigerators and cars, so all these things can talk to one another. Uh, there's going to be a big upgrade cycle, and certainly the chips are going to play a big role in that. And right now, Gord, you know, we have a manufacturing shortfall in chips. Yeah, I know. I and One of my sons is in a business that deals their product that needs chips. They're having trouble getting them right now. Yeah, and it doesn't look like this problem is going to be solved anytime soon. Uh, I've listened to some interviews with some of the bigger manufacturers of chips, and they're saying, don't expect this problem to be solved in 2022. It could be late 2023 or even into 2024 before there's uh, a surplus of chips again, or at least supply equals demand. So there's a couple of years right now where the chip manufacturers look like they have the wind at their back. That's the one that's affected the auto industry pretty severely, too, I think, isn't it? The, the, exactly. Yeah. You know, you're seeing the big auto manufacturers are having to cut um, their production, and it's just due to the fact that they don't have enough of these essential chips that make up so much uh, of the running gear these days or monitoring the running gear in your automobile. Now, there's you can also look at uh, companies that produce switching gear, and Ericsson, is a big uh, Swedish company that does this. And we were talking earlier in the show about Huawei. And, of course, the big furor about letting Chinese technology into sensitive areas where they could possibly take data from us. So we're, the world is breaking itself down into basically two camps. The eastern camp, where uh, the Chinese and Russians and people that are um, in in that sphere are using their own equipment. And then people in the West, you know, Australia, New Zealand, Europe, Canada, United States, Britain, uh, UK, uh, are using Ericsson, they're using Nokia, and there's a few other Western manufacturers, and they're not letting uh, the Eastern manufacturers in. And so that's produced a real boon for some of these companies that are making switching gear because uh, they're being the, the Eastern competitors are being left out of the market. And so there's less competitors and there's a lot of upgrades that have to happen. So switch gear industry looks like another one of those uh, areas that has lots of growth ahead of it. You talked. You talked about antennas, Ron. Is that? I mean, they're everywhere. They're omnipresent. It doesn't matter where you go. They're on high rises. They're on low rises. They're freestanding. Is there somebody in that play as well? Oh, absolutely. There's uh, there's a number of players, and I've just highlighted one of them as an example today in our radio show or podcast. 
And it's a company called American Tower. The symbol is AMT. It trades in the U.S. And they make antenna towers. And, of course, they're not only putting antennas in the United States and Canada, but across the Western world, across Asia. And American Tower is growing not only domestically, but internationally as well. It's an expensive stock, but with 5G, you have to have such an intensive uh, array of antennas that the demand for towers, it, it seems to be um, almost, un, I, would, I hate to say unlimited when I'm talking about a stock, but there's high demand for the next, as far into the future as you could possibly see. So, you know, antenna towers are just another way to play the infrastructure on 5G. Okay, what about uh, how all this data moves? It, some of it goes through the air, some of it moves on cables, right? On fiber optic and things like that. Yes, fiber optic is another way be, to play because we're putting more and more data out there. And these data pipes have to keep getting bigger and bigger and more and more of them uh, to be able to handle the increased demand that we're seeing. So Corning is just an example of a company that makes fiber optic cable uh, the symbol is GLW. Uh, they trade in the U.S. And here again, uh, demand for cable is expected to increase by a good increment every year for as far out in the future as anybody cares to predict. And if you're an old analog thinker like I tend to be sometimes, they make pretty good cookware too. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so now now I guess then we deal with the providers. And, and here in Canada, we come up with the obvious names like Bell and Rogers and... Sean, people that, well, I guess Shaw's been purchased by Rogers, but like, I mean, it's those providers that we have to look at, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I just taken Bell as an example, BCE. Um, they've got a very, very nice yield of 5.5% here. But as you say, you know, Rogers and um, Bell and TELUS all are going to occupy that space. And as the demand for bandwidth continues to grow, um, these guys will have an opportunity to charge more money for, for other services that they offer because it's going to open up a whole bunch of new services uh, and revenue opportunities for these guys. In the States, you have Verizon. Can you which hear me is, now? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Verizon, which is the big... Uh, U.S. player, and it's got a yield of 4.7%. So if you're, um, you don't want to take the risk of buying the 5G technology and infrastructure players, because they tend to be more volatile. Providers of 5G service, like the telcos, are actually uh, very good, like BCE, Rogers, Telus, Verizon. They're all names that have really good dividends. They're more conservative. And there are ways that you can play the stock, and especially if you're retired, they're giving you a good income as well. So there you go, a, a brief and somewhat condensed education on 5G, the future it would seem, Ron. Absolutely the future. All right. Well, if you have a suggestion, as this one came to us, as we say, we're, we're open to suggestions. If you think there's a show you'd like to hear on Making Money, send us a note through our website at uh, makingmoney.ca. Or you can also reach us through the cfcw.com portal where the show is hosted. And we're back next week. We're going to take a look at an industry that, uh, well, I think all of us are involved in, the beverage industry. And it doesn't just refer to alcoholic beverages. 
As I sit here, I'm having a can of sparkling water right now. That's the beverage industry. So we'll be back to take a look at that big sector. If you join us next week on Making Money, on behalf of the financial coach, uh, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for being with us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.